0: I love our Constitution, don't you? Have you ever sat down to read it? I have once, and you know what? It's very straightforward. A layperson can understand this. You don't have to be a lawyer, and it set up a remarkable system of government. That Supreme Court. We're liking it a lot lately. Another decision that uh, we think is great. The EPA can no longer impose arbitrary, sometimes non-scientific regulations on private industry. That's good. You know, private industry, they've done a lot of self-regulating and there's been some encouragement as well. Clean air. We like it in America. You know where the real problem is? China. All right. China, the third world. Joe, for some reason, doesn't seem to want to pressure China all that much. But that's where the problem is, not in America. So another great decision from the Supreme Court. Earlier uh, this month, we had a terrible law struck down in New York State, Sullivan's Law. It basically said that if you were um, a law-abiding person, it was essentially impossible for you to get a gun. You had to get a special permit from the police department. They made you jump through all kinds of hoops. So the result was that only the bad guys had guns, and that is not good. And the Supreme Court saw it our way. All right? So you can if you're a law-abiding citizen get a gun, not so fast though. Our governor, Democrats don't like the Supreme Court. They want to upend the Supreme Court. They want to pack the Supreme Court and now they think they're going to pass a bunch of laws that will essentially blow off what the Supreme Court just ordered. This is our governor that we have to deal with, Kathy Hochul.
1: We have to make sure that we make these changes and I want them done now.
0: Wow. Pretty. uh, She wants them done now, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So she outlines where she thinks you can't bring a gun. This is this is she's ordering this. You can't bring a gun to even if it's legally yours to the following places.
1: Federal, state, local government buildings, health and medical facilities, places where children gather, daycares, parks, zoos, playgrounds, public transportation, subways, buses, polling places, educational institutions, and making sure that we have no open carry policy as a default position for private businesses. Uh,
0: I think you can have a gun in your own basement, maybe, okay? And uh, let's say you are a gun owner or you're a private business and uh, you have no problem with what the Supreme Court ruled, you're going to have to say so out loud. I think this defeats the purpose of a lot of things.
1: The presumption in the state of New York, after we sign this bill into law, will be the presumption is that private property owners will not want to have concealed carry weapons on their premises. But should they decide they do, they would actually affirmatively put a sign in their window, a bar, a restaurant, gathering place, concealed carry weapons, welcome here.
0: That's not going to work. Okay, this is just totally, totally impractical. And the result will be if this happens, the bad guys will keep their guns and law abiding citizens will be prohibited from carrying guns. This is uh, this is not good. But did you notice her demeanor? Kathy Hochul. Wow. Large and in charge, right? Kind of bossy. Yeah, that's the word bossy. And I'm going to use the word bossy, even though the left says we shouldn't use that word especially when it comes to women. But I'm sorry, that was bossy. Anyway, this is what they say.
2: When I was growing up, I was called bossy. I think the word bossy is just a squasher.
0: Being labeled something matters.
1: By middle school, girls are less interested
3: in leadership than boys.
1: And that's because they worry about being
3: called bossy. We need to tell them it's okay to be ambitious.
2: We need to help them lean in words matter let's just ban
3: the word bossy
2: and encourage girls to lead
1: to be strong and be ambitious
2: listen to your own voice
1: there are no limits there to be you you can change the world let's ban
0: bossy i mean, don't be bossy what is bossy bossy is getting a bit of authority and overdoing it right men can do it women can do it but uh, they're talking about women What are they going to do about this Karen craze, okay? Now, uh, these folks want everybody to be assertive. Well, not too assertive because then you'll be called a Karen. That is a terrible, terrible trend and a horrible racist label. And Karen happens to be a very beautiful name. Have you noticed that everybody seems to have an attitude these days? I mean, big time. Everyone's getting angry about big things and small things. You know what? We used to call this having a chip on your shoulder do you remember that phrase people used to say it all the time and it was a bad thing now do you have a chip on your shoulder
2: i i am
1: so sick and tired of this chip that you're carrying on your shoulder that's monster she had a big chip on her shoulder
4: don't mind him chocolate's just got a chip on his shoulder
0: that stuff's 20 years old 12 years old nobody says chip on their shoulder you know why because everybody has a chip on their shoulder. That's just the way people are right now. And it's encouraged and it's glorified. Some of those witnesses on Capitol Hill, Alexander Vindman, the lieutenant colonel, had a big chip on his shoulder. Michael Fanone, a chip on his shoulder. Christine Blasey Ford. Ooh, talk about a chip. And, of course, nobody has a bigger chip than AOC. Oh, boy. The phrase was made for her. But it's not a thing anymore because everybody's kind of walking around with an attitude. Everybody wants to run to the authorities, to their congressperson, to HR, to say something if their feelings are slightly hurt. And everybody is not afraid to make something small into something big. We used to call that making a federal case out of something, making to exaggerate or build up the importance of something. Have you noticed that nobody says that anymore? It used to be big.
5: You want to make
3: a federal
0: case of it? Let's not
5: make a federal case out of this. A
3: little dent, and you were making a big federal case out of it. One good
5: idea all year, you got to make a federal case out of it. <laughs> the Honey Motors.
0: Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I still think it's a thing, making a big deal out of something small, Hey, take Cassidy Hutchinson's, the left's new superhero girl. Uh, talk about small stuff, catch-up on the wall, making a federal case out of it. Oh, Tony said something to me. So we're going to have congressional hearings. It's a joke. It's a joke. But petty grievances now. Ooh, if you've got one, you can run with it. And maybe they're trying to cancel President Trump now, but they can cancel anybody. They're canceling celebrities left and right. You've seen that. Um, if they can do it to President Trump, though, or these guys, they can do it to a truck driver. They can do it to you. They can do it to me. By the way, Chris Hansen, who remember Harrison, rather, who remembers uh, The Bachelor when he was on it, he was terrific. He made that one slight, not even a faux pas, and he had to go groveling to Michael
3: Strahan. Do you remember this? His, his apology is his apology, but it felt like it got nothing more than a surface response on any of this and obviously he's the man who wants to clearly stay on the show but only time will tell if there is any
0: meaning behind his words wow chris harrison got into a minor argument it wasn't even an argument a slight nothing nothing and michael strahan kicked the guy when he was down huh? Well, it's happening not only on television, not only on Good Morning America, it's happening in politics, it's happening at The Depot, it's happening in the classroom, it's happening everywhere, all over the world. And I think that's why we have so many unhappy people. Did you see this? Gallup has a new poll that says 33% of the global population says they're unhappy. That is, um, according to those who follow these things, that's a staggeringly high number. I got a solution i do you know people don't talk about it enough but if you want your life to improve i can just tell you my life has improved dramatically when i started to get into the word of god he was trying to get my attention for a very long time and i was convinced that i had all the answers i did not need any help and i had oh wait a second how could there be a god and then i just got and i knew and i knew and once i started reading the bible everything. Everything changed. So maybe you've started your own spiritual journey, or maybe you haven't. I do recommend, if you're thinking about these things, if you've ever thought about them, you may want to pick up the uh, Charles Stanley Life Principles Bible. Someone gave it to me a decade ago. A few years later, it took me a couple years, I started reading it. Little footnotes in there and essays that help me understand the Word. So maybe you're already well on your way. Maybe not, but It's helped me immensely. Thank you for listening, and stay with us. Do you remember the show Friends? It was big in the 90s and the early aughts. Made a lot of people laugh, and a lot of people a lot of money. Now everyone is apologizing for this show. Their crime? Too many white people. Be right back.
3: and host of the Rob Carson Show podcast. Tired of boring traditional news updates? How about one with a conservative point of view and it's actually funny? You can subscribe for free on the Apple Podcast app and it downloads directly to your smartphone so you can listen while driving, uh, to work, riding a bike, at the gym, or even while lobster fishing off the East Coast. Subscribe today with the Apple Podcast app or go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcasts for other platforms. Something's come.
5: All, all I can, can say is that, that the fake, fake news just, just doesn't, doesn't get it, it do they? Do
0: they? they and they're totally content with Joe Biden lying to them and just pretending everything is normal. He did it overseas at the G7, a press conference, not a real one. It was totally fake. But again, Putin is responsible for all of his Joe Biden's failings.
3: Ultimately. The reason why gas prices are up is because of Russia, 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 Russia. The reason why the food crisis exists is because of Russia, Russia not allowing grain to get out of Ukraine.
0: Okay, well, uh, none of that's true. We all know it's true. Joe, I guess, does not have that much respect for us. The supply chain crisis, gas going out of control in terms of price before the invasion before the invasion now the media is right there and they just sit there fat dumb and stupid going along with this nonsense
3: first question i'm told is darlene superville from the associated press
2: two questions please (laughs) of course g7 leaders this week pledged to support ukraine quote For as long as it takes. And I'm wondering if you would explain what that means to the American people.
3: I'm supposed to go down the list here. Uh, Jim, New York, Jim Tankers in the New York Times. Mr.
0: President, thank you. Um, This week, uh, you and the G7 allies
3: introduced uh, a plan for an oil price cap. Tarina, The Wall Street Journal.
4: I'm going to keep the trend and also ask two questions, if that's okay. Um, One on the summit and uh, one domestic question.
3: Jordan Fabian, Bloomberg. Thank you, Mr. President. I also have two questions for you. (laughs) Of course. Thanks.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's just so much fun. Mr. President. I'd like to ask you about the laptop that you falsely said was Russia disinformation. You said that to 50 million people now. It has been verified as authentic by your friends at The New York Times throughout the fake news. Hmm? Something along those lines? How can he get to step in front of all those reporters and not hear a whiff of those things? It is remarkable, the bias, the lack of fairness. It's June 30th. I got to say, I'm glad that June is over. Flag, Pride, whatever. What was it? Great gay Pride Month, right? I mean, it was it was too much. It was just too much everywhere. You had if you had a business, if you had a building, if you had a house, if you had a doghouse, you had to put a flag, a gay pride flag, up, or else you could be in trouble. And the programming, the relentless programming, the celebration. We are celebrating the
2: start of Pride Month with some pop-up parties, and we've got one going right here in Times Square it's important to feel who proud to be you. Oh lucky to have dads like you.
3: And happy
0: pride from Nickelodeon.
1: We can't just do it for the month of June. We have to carry
3: pride with us every single day. It's a world color. Color, color. We are unapologetically us. Come out to pride.
0: I will see y'all there. You see, this has gotten so big that those of us who happen to be heterosexual feel excluded feel marginalized. Now, I don't want anybody to feel that way, and I do know that gay people were persecuted unfairly. They could be targeted and canceled, but that's not America anymore. That's long ago, and now I think we've gone a little bit berserk in the other direction. So when it comes to gay pride, it's not the gay part, quite frankly. It's the pride part. Pride is actually a negative thing, isn't it? Pride. You're not supposed to have too much pride. It's actually a bad word in the Bible. You want to avoid it. Barack Obama, back when he was, uh, well, uh, running for president, I think the first time, 2007 or so, he goes to Israel and there's the Wailing Wall and you put a little note. Uh, Have you ever done that? A a prayer in the Wailing Wall? It's really a beautiful thing. Uh, I did it once myself. I think this was a violation of uh, Barack Obama's privacy, but somebody found the little note that he put in there and they took it out and they published it. They put it online and he said this, help me guard against pride and despair. Help me guard against pride and despair. It is considered a sin. So when it comes to gay pride, again, gay, no complaints. The pride part And the relentless promotion, that's the issue, I think. All right. Who remembers this TV show? Okay, of course, we all remember Friends. I wasn't that into it, actually. Uh, Back then, I was in the Marine Corps. I wasn't watching too much network television. But anyway, it made a lot of people laugh, and it made NBC a lot of money. I actually didn't think the show was all that funny, but people did love it. Take a look. Pivot!
5: Pivot! Pivot!
3: Pivot! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Okay, I I don't think it's going to pivot anymore. You think?
0: All right, I still don't think it's all that funny, and that's a lot of fake laughter, but hey, who cares? It made people happy until now, because we're reevaluating everything, and you may notice, well, maybe you didn't, but Jennifer Aniston, Matthew Perry, and David Schwimmer, they all happen to be white, and what's not cool right now, being white, not enough people of color in the Friends TV show, and the woman who created it, Ms. Kaufman, has been apologizing left and right Uh, Since this whole BLM thing started in 2020, started in earnest. Uh, Take a look at some of her abject apologies from earlier this year. She wrote, uh, I've learned a lot in the last 20 years. Admitting and accepting guilt for not putting enough black people in is not easy. It's painful looking at yourself in the mirror. I'm embarrassed that I didn't know better 25 years ago. She's still atoning big time. And this is big money. Take a look. She gave $4 million to a black studies program at Brandeis. I've been working really hard to become an ally and anti racist, and this seemed to me to be a way that I could participate in the conversation from a white woman's perspective. Ooh, now she's a rich white woman. But she does this virtue signaling, and it complicates, quite frankly, everybody else's life, okay, no matter what color you are. She pledged $4 million to establish an endowed professorship in the African and American Studies Department at Brandeis University. Can we still watch Friends? Maybe not. They're actually, these things are falling out of favor, falling out of fashion. We'll see how much longer that show Will be available all right one other thing from the fake news we know senator johnson right republican from wisconsin we like him the fake news was hassling him in the most unfair and incorrect way take a look how much did you know about what your chief of staff was doing with the alternate slates of abductors
3: no you're not i can see your phone
0: i can see your screen I can see your screen. I can see your screen. It's dark. No one's there. What's going on, Senator? And let's take a look. His screen is black. All right, so does that mean he's, uh, does that mean he's faking it? No, it doesn't. As a matter of fact, I just called a friend of mine. Her name is Sophie. She works on this show. Oops. Hold on. Hello. Yes, hi, you're there. Sophie, say hi to everybody. Hello, everyone. You see, my phone is black, just like Senator Johnson's phone. Say something else.
2: The show
0: looks great tonight. Oh, thank you very much. I'll see you later. Thank you, Sophie. Okay. Bye. Uh, phones do that all the time. And this Frank Thorpe guy from NBC News hassling a United States senator like that, that's just wrong. All right. Speaking of wrong, hmm, they got a big problem at the White House with their White House press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre. This situation is not working out very well at all.
1: What is the latest update the White House has received on the current formula situation across the country? Yeah, let me see if I have anything new for you on that. Uh, I think it's been a couple of days since we have asked to ask that question. Okay. I don't have anything new. I know we made some announcements last week. Uh, I, don't, I just don't have them in front of me.
0: It's a huge problem. She never knows anything. She never has information. She's not providing any news in these briefings. It's really not her fault. She did not have a communications background. She had more of a political background, and she's just not qualified to be press secretary. Everybody knows it. It's very awkward. The White House is probably going to make a change. Um, I think she should have focused on the substance more than on the optics, and here's what I mean. Well, listen to how she describes herself.
1: The man who is now sitting in the building I used to work in hates everything that I am. A black gay immigrant
0: woman. A black gay immigrant woman. By the way, Donald Trump doesn't hold any of that against you. This is a couple of years before the, uh, the election in 2020. And uh, this is her thing. I'm a black gay immigrant woman. Give me a job.
1: Uh, I am a black, gay, immigrant woman, the first of all three of those to hold this position.
0: I'm a straight, white, native-born American male. That doesn't really entitle me to much of anything, does it? Then you got to get to work. You got to roll up your sleeves. And that's the hard part. And I think people are kind of figuring that out, huh? All right. Stay with us. The January 6th hearings, they're not talking about the important issues. They're not talking about Michael Stinger. Now, who is that? He was the Senate Sergeant at Arms, and he's dead now. He died no idea how at the age of 72. What happened to this guy? Why isn't anyone talking about it? And what about the other deaths that happened after January 6th? Why aren't they investigating these matters? Stay with us.
3: They won't give you the facts. They don't tell the truth. Their bias is incredible. Now millions are turning to Eric Bowling, the balance, to get the real story. Watch him on Newsmax. So this is
0: Michael Stenger. He's dead, sadly. He was uh, almost 72 years old, just shy of his 72nd birthday. He was the sergeant at arms at the United States Senate on January 6th. Military officer, by the way, too, in the Marine Corps, and they fired him right after January 6th. They blamed him for, well, some of the security failures, and there were some. But this is getting odd. There's no indication whatsoever about how he died. We just know he died. We don't know where he died or how. That's weird. In addition to all the officers, I believe these were suicides, we're told, from the Capitol Hill Police Force in the aftermath of January 6th. We don't know all the details yet of how Officer Sicknick died. Of course, they told us, well, they told us a lot of falsehoods about that. This is a strange situation. It all is. Why aren't we hearing about this? Why isn't this part of the investigation? How can they not mention um, this man's name and more about it and uh, also Mr. Stanger? What happened there? Stanger, by the way, uh, last year raised the, well, he wanted an investigation into all the outsiders, professional agitators who may have showed up at the Capitol. They're not investigating that. They're not even talking about it, but he did.
3: there is an opportunity to learn lessons from the events of january 6th Investigations should be considered as to the funding and traveling what appears to be professional agitators
0: professional agitators we've seen all kinds of signs of professional agitators people changing clothes under trees lots of weird stuff unidentified people ray epps crazy liz cheney doesn't want anything to do with that liz cheney Looks to me like she's running for president. More on that in a moment. It's kind of amazing, though, that somebody with the name Cheney can even show their knee, their face in public. I mean, goodness gracious, the Cheneys. I mean, let's go through it. The silly Patriot Act, uh, the Halliburton contracts, the fleecing of America. And yeah, Whatever happened to the weapons of mass destruction in Iraq? You know, the wrong country, the Bush administration, the Bush-Cheney administration insisted that we invade?
3: Simply stated, there is no doubt that Saddam Hussein
0: now has weapons of mass destruction. There is no doubt that he is amassing them to use them against our friends, against our allies, and against us. Uh, All of that, no. No. How many lives were lost? American lives? Iraqi lives? For whatever strange obsessions he had. You know, how do you recover if you're a Cheney from this? By the way, they are fabulously rich. Take a look at this. He's worth something like a hundred million dollars at least. And Liz Cheney has a lot of that money. The Cheney name, they've been through it. I mean, they wrote, they made that movie about them. Vice? It's kind of unfair, but. Well, there's a lot of truth in it. Christian Bale played Dick Cheney, and they made him look like a bunch of very strange individuals. How do you recover? How do you get back into the national conversation? Here's a way you dump on Trump. Liz Cheney has figured that out. That's why she's not just a a congresswoman, the one congresswoman from Wyoming. Now she's um, Liz Cheney, clearly running for president again by bashing Trump
2: also know that at this moment we are confronting a domestic threat that we have never faced before. And that is a former president who is attempting to unravel the foundations of our constitutional republic. And he is aided by Republican leaders and elected officials who made themselves willing hostages to this dangerous and irrational man. Now some in my party are embracing former President Trump. And even after all we've seen, they're enabling his lies. Many others are urging that we not confront Donald Trump, that we look away. And that is certainly the easier path. One need only look at the threats that are facing the witnesses who've, become, who've come before the January 6th committee to understand the nature and the magnitude of that threat. But to argue that the threat posed by Donald Trump can be ignored is to cast aside the responsibility that every citizen, every one of us, bears to perpetuate the republic. We must not do that, and we cannot do that.
0: Sorry, I let that go on way too long. I apologize for that. But there's a well, there's a lot of nonsense in there. And uh, she's been saying this for a long time. Did she call Donald Trump the most significant domestic threat? How dare she? How dare she? Actually. Um, 1995, the Murrah Building. How dare you compare President Trump to terrorists, really? How desperate are you to stop him? And how dare you portray him as some sort of lawless rogue? This is perhaps a better description for the Cheneys, for yourself, perhaps. He's not those things. In fact, he is in many ways a very conventional. He's a a once-in-a-lifetime unusual person, don't get me wrong. But he
5: followed the rules. And uh, I'll sign the final papers as soon as I get into the Oval Office. And we will have a national emergency. And we will then be sued. And they will sue us in the Ninth Circuit, uh, even though it shouldn't be there. And we will possibly get a bad ruling, and then we'll get another bad ruling, and then we'll end up in the Supreme Court, and hopefully we'll get a fair shake, and we'll win in the Supreme Court. Just like the ban, they sued us in the Ninth Circuit, and we lost, and then we lost in the Appellate Division, and then we went to the Supreme Court, and we won.
0: This is not how dictators talk. This is more of a Jackie Mason thing. He's going through all of the things you gotta do. You hear this. This is not this is this is a guy who plays by the constitutional rules. As for Liz, not so much. And Liz, by the way, is a very rich woman in her own right. Now we know she's gonna get a lot of her dad's money, but she's worth at least seven million dollars. So she can pursue her passion projects like running for president, and running these silly show trial Stalin-esque hearings. I mean, these hearings are, these are disgraceful. These are un-American. No no cross-examination, only hearing from one side. This is right out of Joseph Stalin's playbook. Now, if I were on that committee, if any self, we need some questions answered, okay? Number one, who is the little cop? Why aren't they asking about this? Because they don't want to know. What will they find out? This cop who aggressively, actively waved people into the Capitol. Who is that person? What about these cops who stood by either side of the hall as they all just walked on in? Who ordered them to just stand there? What's that all about, huh? And Ashley Babbitt, how can this have happened? An unarmed woman shot, captured on television. She posed no deadly threat to anyone. No police department in the country would say that deadly thos- force was authorized in this moment. Now, I want to show you something that they should be picking over every frame of this sequence in those January 6 hearings, but they're not. Um, you'll see police officers walk away in the moments before she shot. Who are they? Where do they go? Why did they leave? Because about 45 seconds later, Bird fires the fatal shot. I'm going to see the whole thing right now.
5: Bro, I see people out there get hurt. I don't want to. Hurt. I just make a. We will make a path. To. We don't want. To. That's what I'm saying, we will make a path, bro. Please, just let us make a path. We back. just let us make a path.
0: When the whole country Watch these people. cops. Watch these cops just walk off. Where are they going and why? Now all hell breaks loose. These guys start picking at the doors. Why did the cops walk away? Why are they just standing there? Why are they letting this happen? Can anyone explain this? Now you'll see, there he is, Michael Byrd and his gun. And he's about to shoot Ashley Babbitt. Why did any of that just happen? Why did those cops walk away? What the hell happened there? Liz Cheney doesn't want to know? They're just going to brush this under the rug? Are you kidding me? Not in America. I will never forget this. I will never stop talking about it. I wish I could do more. Sometimes I wish I was a lawyer, a member of Congress, somebody, somebody, somewhere. And I know there are patriots out there who are concerned, but Just about no one, almost no one at all in Congress. Two, three tops. We'll never forget, Miss Babbitt, never. And coming up, that's Rob Finnerty, my friend here at Newsmax, talks exclusively to President Trump. Can I see President Trump? Rob's a good-looking guy, but where's President Trump? I saw him a second. There he is. This is a great interview. We'll be
3: right back. A liberty-loving American takes on Washington, Hollywood, and the whole media establishment. He's Chris Salcedo. Join his fight. Tune in to The Chris Salcedo Show every weekday afternoon on Newsmax.
0: Well, in my book, he's an absolute American hero. Justice Clarence Thomas. What a life. Uh, What a life indeed. How about that? That? What he had to go through back in 1991, those ridiculous allegations. Well, he is uh, on the court and he's made such a difference, such a difference to all of our lives. A new book, it's called Created Equal, Clarence Thomas in His Own Words by Michael Pack and Mark Paoletta. Mark Paoletta joins us right now. He worked in the Trump administration, general counsel in the, the OMB, and also he worked in the... Bush 41 administration and help get Justice Thomas onto the court. Welcome back, Mark. How are you? Congratulations Thanks, on the book. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me back on. You bet. You bet. So look, hey, <laughs> number one, have you talked to Justice Thomas since the decision? And can you, do you have any idea how he feels on a personal level? The events last week.
4: Uh, I think he's very happy. Um, It was a momentous term. And I think all of those big decisions lead right back to Justice Thomas from overturning Roe v. Wade, the Second Amendment case, religious liberties, and even today with the EPA and reigning in the administrative state, Justice Thomas has been writing on those issues for 30 years Right, on every single one of those. And the court has come his way. So a lot of decisions that he wrote in the dissent or concurrence are now majority opinion. So he truly is the leader. And I think he showed courage. I think he, his courage showed all these younger justices how to how to kind of write bold decisions and also not cave with that despicable leak of the Dobbs decision a couple of months ago. Sure.
0: And by the way, uh, you didn't just help him get confirmed. I mean, your, your personal, fr- it looks like you were just fishing in one of those photos What's he like on a on a personal level? What what kind of guy is he?
4: Uh he's he's a great great friend. He's the most engaging guy. He's funny. And he's just joyful. And that's what drives his critics crazy, is that he's, he's going to rule as he rules. He won't bow. And he's joyful. And you saw that with Justice Sotomayor and her kind comments about him a couple couple weeks ago. Uh, everyone who meets Justice Thomas, he's just engaging. He finds out what, you, what when you talk to him, he's talking to you. And he wants to learn what you are interested in. And he'll find that connection. And he'll end up speaking to somebody for two hours when they come in you know, by the court to visit with him. It'll be two hours, uh, an hour. Uh, Always generous with his
0: time. Hillary Clinton painted a different picture. Uh, I know it's an inaccurate (laughs) one because she did not. uh, She really did not know him in any substantive way. But this is what she said about Justice Thomas just the other morning on CBS. I went to law school with him.
1: Mm -hmm. He's been a, a person of grievance for as long as I've known him. Resentment, grievance. Anger. And the thing that uh, is, well, there's so many things about it that are
0: deeply distressing. But women are going to die, Gail. Women will die. I I was uh, taken aback and we looked it up. Uh, She never mentioned Clarence Thomas in any of her books. Bill Clinton mentioned him once but said, I didn't know him at Yale. What did you make of her comments? Classic
4: Hillary Clinton, right? She's the most unlikable... (laughs) She's just a terrible person. And uh, for her to be saying that about Justice Thomas is just, uh, just amazing.
0: The book, if you can, uh, it looks like a series of interviews. How did you put this together? And uh, what are we going to learn? Yeah, so it's based on the Michael
4: Pack documentary. Uh, it's a follow-on, which was called Created Equal that came out in 2020. And it was based on 25 hours of one-on-one interviews with Justice Thomas. And, you know, the film was only two hours. So when we made the film to see all of the exchanges with Michael Pack sort of cut away Uh, I thought the best way to sort of capture all of those great exchanges with Justice Thomas on his life, on the court, on issues, on some of his decisions was to put those hours of, you know, of interviews that got cutaway into a book. So it's a book length interview, Justice Thomas one on one. And there's actually there were six hours of Ginny Thomas. And there's an appendix in the book that has uh, the interview, some of the interview with Ginny Thomas
0: and some great pictures. And, um, you know, just before he got married and stuff like that, we look forward to this. I look forward to it. I've got my copy right here. Created equal Clarence Thomas Excellent. in his own words. Congratulations, Mark. And if you see Justice Thomas, if you happen to remember, I never met him. Please give him my best and uh, I will. sincerely admire him. And I'm thankful. Thank you. We'll be right back with okay. President Trump. Duh, Washington swooning for this uh, Cassidy character. At that fake January 6th hearing, I had all kinds of doubts about her integrity, but leave it to President Trump to bust through all the hype and call this thing and call her out for what I think she is. Rob Finnerty sat down with the president at his club in Bedminster, New Jersey.
4: It's been an interesting couple of days, Mr. President. The uh, the January 6th committee yesterday holding uh, a special session that they're calling, apparently, some new new evidence. They had a a junior staffer, Cassidy Hutchinson, 26 years old. She made some wild secondhand accusations about you. Crazy. What'd you make of that?
5: I thought it was absolutely crazy. Uh, This committee is, a lot of people say, illegally formed. But when you look at what they're doing, and when you look at what they're saying, and what they're doing to the country, Uh, Now, the good news is a lot of people aren't watching. A lot of people aren't listening to it, but they're trying to do real harm. We went through Russia, Russia, Russia. We went through Ukraine. We went through the Mueller report. No collusion after three years, two and a half years. And now we're going through this. It's a one-way sideshow. It's a horrible thing that they can do to the country where they take this kind of time. They don't talk about making America great anymore. All they do is investigate everybody. And it's a terrible, terrible thing. Uh, This lady yesterday, there's something wrong with her? Is there something wrong? She said, I jumped from a car and I started strangling. Think of this. I started strangling a Secret Service agent who I know very well. I grabbed the steering wheel of a car uh, that said that I wanted guns at my rally. I didn't want guns. I have to speak to, and I don't want guns for anybody. Did you grab the
4: steering wheel? Is is there any truth to that? Of course not. Is that ridiculous? In fact,
5: the Secret Service came out and said that this story is totally false. Yeah. The woman is living in fantasy land. She's a social climber, if you call that social. Uh, I I think it's just a shame that this is happening to our country. And we don't have any Republicans up there to dispute it. We have one who quit, Kinzinger, and we have another one who's down by 35 points in Wyoming. Uh, She's a total disaster. She's a train wreck. But think of it. Nobody to cross-examine. Professor Dershowitz said you can't do where you have a hearing and there's no cross-examination. This would have been the easiest cross-examination anywhere. And they put her on and they don't even confirm it with the Secret Service. The Secret Service people in the car said this didn't happen. But but you don't even need that. Who would do that? I would I would grab a Secret Service person by the throat.
4: I don't even know if it's possible. Certainly not in the Beast. It's but very even hard. Of, even in one of the SUVs. Well, it's
5: very hard for another reason. These guys lift 350 pounds.
4: Right, right. I, I started to get out of the SUV tonight. It seemed like it was pretty smooth.
5: Yeah, uh, it wasn't no, grabbing it's, anything. it's fine. I mean, I, but, you know, these are people. These are great people. These are great people. They've devoted their lives to it. And I think they were very embarrassed by it because it makes them sound
4: terrible. Tony Ornato and Bobby Engel. Uh, They're great. I I know them very well. Sterling.
5: They are sterling. Um, And I was very nice that they came to my defense. I thought it was incredible, actually, Uh, because, you know, some whack job can say this stuff and get away with it. And other things that I wanted guns at my rally. Okay, now I'm speaking. Why would I want guns? I don't want people having standing with guns. In my rally. I don't remember she seeing
4: AR 15s at the Capitol. Well, she wasn't January complaining.
5: Six. And the so. other thing about this woman, she wanted to work for me after January 6th. She was a big Trump fan. She wanted to work for me in Florida. And we chose not to bring her down because I got very bad things. I hardly knew her. And I said, well, if she's no good, I got somebody called up, numerous people, that she's not good. I won't say why that she's not good, but uh, plenty of reasons. Why? I'm not going to say that, but I'm going to say that she was not respected by the people in the White House. So they thought she shouldn't go down. I was going down to Florida with a group of people, great group of people, Mm -hmm. patriots, and her name was thrown out there and they said, keep, stay away from her. They said bad things about her. And then I see her and I, again, I hardly know who she is. And then I see this woman getting up and she's making up stories like one after another. But the craziest of all was that I tried to commandeer, I think they used that word, I tried to commandeer uh, a car with Secret Service agents, telling them to take take us down to the Capitol. It was totally false, and that a person can get away with it. And then I watch The Times and The Washington Post, and I watch, uh, I get reviews on MSDNC and CNN. They hardly even talk about the fact that she's been totally discredited. So it's a very sad thing that this is allowed to take place.
0: Was sad, but he was great in refuting all of that. Great job, Mr. President. Great job, Rob Finnerty. We'll be right back. Hey, I'll be back tomorrow, uh, but I hope you're excited about the July Fourth weekend. Anyway, thank you, and uh, see you Friday.